from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Metcher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about Utfidum, a ministry at Dowling Catholic High School in West Des Moines designed to help students strengthen and maintain their faith. Our guests today are Addie Magruder and Max Carson, Utfidum coordinators. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. I Good hope morning. you're doing well. And uh, we uh, mm-hmm. approach the Ides of March very mm-hmm. quickly, so mm-hmm. beware the Ides of March so, <laughs> as well. But uh, mm-hmm. I had a great uh, weekend last weekend, the opportunity to be with uh, the Diocesan Council of Catholic Women, and then on Saturday night, the uh, Shamrocks and Shenanigans, the uh, <laughs> uh, benefit for Catholic Charities. So that was a beautiful evening. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of let their inner Irish out and, mm-hmm. and that, and uh, no, the police need not be called, so <laughs> everyone uh, behaved themselves pretty well. And then uh, moving in a more spiritual tone on Monday, the St. Anthony Parish Mission, which mm-hmm. was unfolding over several days, the opportunity to celebrate Mass with that community mm-hmm. and the lively community there was we see both our kind of native-born, and uh, some of our Hispanic brothers and sisters really kind of becoming one in that beautiful way as they pursue the Lord. So the beautiful opportunity there. It was uh, with our priests and their study day yesterday. We have these opportunities a couple times during the year at All Saints Parish in Stewart. So Dr. Brett Hoover was there from uh, Loyola Marymount University and talking about hospitality and the practice of hospitality as ministers in Christ and how parishes can be ever more welcoming to those who generate. So obviously St. Anthony kind of really Realizing that mm-hmm. in that marvelous way, so that uh, we're there, uh, and the boys' basketball tournament. You know mm-hmm. this. You know these weeks in Des Moines. My first experience. You know, wrestling tournament, <laughs> girls' basketball, mm-hmm. boys' basketball. There's a a lot of energy going on. Good and, thing you uh, just have to walk across the street. Just yeah, is yeah, bad. Pr- pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, our own family was juiced up as my nephew Michael uh, playing for Ankeny Centennial. Mm-hmm. So they made it into the tourney. That's the tough thing with these tourneys, though. One and done, you know, you get this far and everyone wants to climb to the top of the mountain, but uh, only one team gets to finish the season with a W. So that's always a a tough lesson for people. But uh, I think there's another way we all can share in the redeeming grace of Jesus and and how we do that. I know Father John Bertogli, the rector of St. Ambrose Mm -hmm. Cathedral, and been trying to be more uh, consistent with the Wednesday Mass celebrating, but he's always offering the sacrament of confession there. And he he observes that people are just coming to the sacrament more and more. And so I I think beautiful spiritual springtime that people uh, avail themselves. They get over whatever reluctance they might have. And I think one of the things that makes people reluctant is to think, I'm just confessing the same sins again and again. And I think, you know, sin bores us to death if we think that we're boring God and succumb to that lie that confession of habitual sins is an exercise in fertility. Remember when Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Three times. Three times he asked him. And Peter might have said, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes, you know, is he interrogating me? But that mercy that repeatedly freed him. So I think every compa- confession revives our capacity to love. We can imitate Peter in that dynamic with the three essential parts of the sacrament. Contrition, where love stirs remorse for sin. Confession, where we actually name and number sins. that peels away any denial we have. It lays bare our love. And then the penance, by which we remedy and restore love where it was forsaken. So I think the more we approach Jesus in the sacrament of confession, the more we share in the recreative power of the cross. As both penitent and confessor, I certainly try to avail myself of the sacrament once a month at at minimum. I know very well how regular confession helps instill hope that God's grace 
dripping like raindrops on our sometimes stony hearts, softens the habits of inertia. So we don't get weary of, of reclaiming and naming same sins again, but we recognize that God never wearies of us, never is bored with us, and that perhaps that the that stranglehold that sin might have in a particular area of our lives, you know, perhaps gossip or uh, you know intemperance or anything that we might be about, that maybe thanks be to God we can truly heed that call to go and sin no more. So we're grateful to our priests who are offering many opportunities throughout our parishes in in the diocese for communal reconciliation. Uh, we think of parishes such as Christ the King who've instituted con- mm-hmm. the sacrament every evening after the supper hour. And I know the priests there, Father George Como, uh, Father Ronaldo, and the pastor, Father P.J. McManus, are experiencing you know, so many people who are experiencing that resurrection, mm-hmm. even in anticipation of the great Feast of Easter. All right, we're going to take a quick break. and we return, we'll visit with Addie Magruder and Max Carson about Oop Fidum. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Musher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're talking about Oop Feedum, a ministry at Dowling Catholic High School in West Des Moines designed to help students strengthen and maintain their faith. Our guests today are Addie Magruder and Max Carson, Oop Feedum coordinators. Well, thank you. Are you guys playing hooky from Dowling right now? You know, here it is, a school day here. We've got you, dragged you away for a little bit. So. Oh, yeah, and we're okay with that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see your pass. Hour. I didn't see your pass. Okay. So, <laughs> no, I, I imagine your, your days are full and long in this way, too. So, yeah. so Max, uh, you're kind of a staple here on Iowa Catholic Radio. I think you have a cot here in the, in the, in the <laughs> complex. Uh, so we're going to talk to Addie instead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so many words on this station. You guys are sick hearing me talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to your music here in a moment. All right? So, Addie, so how did the spirit blow you into this role at, at Dowling? And uh, you know, can you give us the deep background or the thumbnail? Sure. You know, he really did just kind of blow me here because I was actually in Eastern Kentucky. I was teaching through Teach for America at the time, high school English. And I'll tell you just a little bit of my prayer one night. I was getting into bed. It was December. I had maybe five months left in my teaching role there, kind of praying about, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? And the words new evangelization came into my mind. And honestly, I had, 
I didn't know what those were. <laughs> I had never heard them before. And um, it's kind of just... like St. Bernadette, you know, Immaculate Conception. What? I don't know what that <laughs> is, you know. St. <laughs> Eddie Magruder. <laughs> I just, I was just like, I think that has to do something with my faith. I, I, maybe I'm supposed to do something with my faith. Literally, that was the first seed. And oh, um, beautiful innocence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, Long story short, we heard about this ministry that they were potentially, it wasn't even certain yet, that they wanted to start at Dowling. And, um, you know, my mom was the first one who, who kind of came in contact with some of the people and just said, you know, I think my daughter would be really good at that. And um, <laughs> somehow they reached out to me and we just started talking and over months of time, you didn't go, Mom, Mom, me. mind your own business. You know, I, I, I'm, you in, charge of, Chris I'm in charge that. of my own life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's my life. It's my life. The Lord blew me back to Des Moines. I didn't know if I'd ever move back to Des Moines. So, okay. yeah. Well. You didn't, you know, grading all those English essays of students and everything else. <laughs> grading was the one part that I do not miss. <laughs> I, I'm with you, sister, on that. I'm with you. I mean, I love teaching, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, the grading. It so gets a little long. Kind of a pr- <laughs> so anyway, you interviewed for the position. I did. Yeah. yeah. It was a video interview. Um, and so I remember I was sitting actually on my front porch in a rocking chair in Kentucky during the interview. Um and, uh, yeah, they, they hired me, and within a couple of weeks of being hired, they called me up and said, hey, um, there's a possibility we could send you to the Focus Missionary Training. Would you be up for that? And I said— Fellowship of Catholic University mm-hmm. students. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. They said if—and I said, if you can get me in, because <laughs> it's it's not very common for non-missionaries to no. go— um, you can't crash that yeah. like you crashed the catechetical. <laughs> no, the you can't. You can't. <laughs> nope. I, I have a way of crashing things, apparently. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I always kind of joke, you know, Jesus gets what he wants, and he knew I needed the training. And so, um, yeah, next thing I knew, I was, this was kind of a crazy story. I was, um, the training was in Florida. My family never vacations in Florida. And it just so happened that we were going to go the week after I had finished school in Kentucky. And we were going to fly back to Iowa the same day that training started. And it, where we were vacationing was 30 minutes from where um, the training was at. Mm-hmm. And so instead of dropping me off at the airport, they just dropped me off at this focus training. Um, and again, my family never vacations in Florida. So it was just, I remember thinking like, Jesus knew I was going to do this back in January <laughs> when we planned this vacation. And then I was like, wait, no, he's, he's known this my whole life. <laughs> Good. So, but it wasn't like there was already a, this movement, this would feed him already in place, right? So the people who had the vision maybe and were mm-hmm. willing to sponsor it, but you're they're kind of creating something new. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I think they were, their, their key mission was how can we help our students keep their faith, which is how we started coming up with the name Ut Feedem. But, um, Ultimately, yeah, they just started looking at, okay, what already is successful? What are things that we're seeing that are bearing fruit um, just in in our nation and in different ministries? And Focus was one of those ones. And they said, hey, college is close to, to um, high school, so let's start there. And then God's providence just brought different people into our life. Everett Fritz um, out of Colorado, and we did some work with um, forming intentional disciples and different things, and then Really just 
a lot of prayer in creating Utfidim. Yeah. All right. So really an act of faith and trust for everyone involved in that way. So, you know, keep the faith that there may be faith, you know, Mm Utfidim. Some of the Latinists out there might get (laughs) on that. But uh, so... So, uh, idea. Max, yes, we can draw you in now. It's all right. But, uh, okay, and so, but, uh, you know, Max, a, a man in, in formation, obviously for the priesthood for some mm-hmm. time for the Diocese of Des Moines, but the, mm-hmm. the spirit kind of blowing a different way. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was that allergic reaction to porcini mushrooms you had, you know, but discerning that the God may be calling you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and here you are as well. So kind of a male presence too in, yeah. in the movement. So what, what, uh, how do you and Addie c- collaborate? Yeah, so Addie, she mentors all of the women mentors for the high school girls, and I mentor all the mentor, all the male mentors for the high school boys. And it has been great seeing the transformation since I've been there. It's been about two months, I would say. Yeah, two months. And just getting back into Dowling as a Dowling grad, uh, it's great to have a sense of feeling of being back home. And then also being able to serve the community in a way that this is something I wish I had when I was a Dowling Catholic student. And so being able to connect with the boys on Kairos retreats, we had our first all-male Kairos retreat. Mm. That was so helpful for the boys to just come out into the open and get to work right away with Jesus. And to be with them in that was fantastic. Um, and also to be with them. Coming out as Christians, coming out as men of faith in this way. And being right, right. In that way. Yeah, yeah we so, were able to ask yeah. out in the open, what is it? to be a Christian man. <laughs> uh, and that was, yeah, a question that all of us, <laughs> all of us males like, do you need to ask, what is it to be a Christian man? And so I've been able to get into some discussions with students about that in the hallways, in the office. And um, yeah, especially to see some boys. Well, one of them came up to me. He's like, Max, I just thought this was a girl's thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, it's not. This is <laughs> for anyone who loves Jesus. Anyone and everyone who loves Jesus, so because Jesus was surrounded by many women, and he had to kind of pick and drag out these, these yeah. guys, right? <laughs> Come on, guys, follow me. Really animate the church. In this yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the role of mentors. Uh, can just anybody sign up for that, or is there something that you're looking for in mentors? And what is- who abides by the teachings of the church and takes them as their own, and also one who can relate with high school students. Uh, who has a very great passion to give uh, to these kids in high school. So those three things. And we also believe that it doesn't just take those three things to be part of the ministry, but that these mentors are called to a certain group of kids. And so we, we pray a lot about that, discern, okay, we have this many people in the mentor pool. We got these kids coming and want to make a group. Who would be good for who, Holy Spirit? Where mm-hmm. do you think? Mm-hmm this guy or this gal would be best for these group of kids. Mm-hmm. And you even discern maybe that it's not the appointed time for someone who might be ready to, to offer mm-hmm. oneself as a mentor, but uh, maybe right. that's not just, you're not seeing that mm-hmm. kind of organic fit there that goes on with that. Too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. seen that a lot. We form groups on a rolling basis. And so sometimes someone comes to us and we're like, yeah, like there's just this peace when we pray and when we're discerning together with the mentor that you're supposed to do this, but, the student group hasn't yet come into the picture. And then you kind of were just sitting back, waiting, praying for these students that we hope come. And then within, you know, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's a, a couple of days. And you're like, these, these kids just came out of nowhere <laughs> saying they want to join um, Oot Feed on our small group ministry. And we have the, 
the perfect mentor for this group or sometimes it's the other way around but it's it's just really cool to watch the lord work i always tell people that you know i just kind of sit back and pray and let jesus just do things and i just kind of watch and reflect back to them what Mm -hmm. what what you're sensing in this way so yeah so there's no rigorous program of study or anything like that i mean how you know is there a guiding thread that you have for the times together or different groups doing different things we have all of our groups start with a particular study that basically proclaims the gospel and talks about um, who is God, who is God in your life, um, what is our ultimate purpose. And then if, if our purpose is to follow Jesus, then what sort of cost does that come at? And and how should we be holding ourselves accountable to each other as a, as a group, right? And we really like that study because no matter where our students are coming in at, if they have a lot of questions about the faith or maybe they're just ready to run towards the Lord, high off of a, of a retreat, um, they, this study will meet them where they're at. They can all say who Jesus is to them. And so that gives our mentors the opportunity to understand where their particular students are at so that then after that, that's when we don't necessarily dictate what groups and mentors have to do mm-hmm. um, so that we, our goal and our hope and our prayer is that it will continue to be spirit-led. So we have a lot of studies and things that groups can choose from, but we don't require any studies after that first study. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to sustain the faith and to be in that lifetime dynamic way. And I like how you say, you know, who is Jesus to them? And when we, when we uh, witness to that, we're also saying, you know, who we are, you know, and I think mm-hmm. the different profiles that Jesus has for us, right? So, mm-hmm. so is your Jesus a musician, Max? Because uh, you're kind of a musician, right? <laughs> He's a rock star with that long hair, of course. <laughs> I, I remember doing a project in high school. Uh, we were supposed to put a picture of our favorite thing on this portfolio. And the picture I found was jesus playing an electric guitar and i was like yes i'd like to see that the stirrings of your vocation yeah yeah Yeah, but you compose your own music don't you i mean yeah so after a while of playing especially classical guitar um i've really gotten into just making my own instrumental music with guitar um saint cecilia she's one of my favorites and so i just like yeah I just have taken her on as a patron and, you know, when I find some free time at the end of the day, you know, try to get some songs together from things that I have already known in the past. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's always a lot of fun. Music brings people together. Yeah. So. so kind of a pre-evangelization mode, kind of drawing people and sharing your gift in that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So, um, and so you've been in it long enough. I mean, you work with freshmen. I, I can use that mm-hmm. word. I know first year Dallin yep. uh, Catholic <laughs> students. Yes. You don't want to anyone. Yeah. You know, sophomores. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, so they track through some of them already. You've seen this kind of some kind of the staying power or sustaining mm-hmm. this. And yeah, um, it's really cool. Well, we have a group right now that they started our very first year as freshmen, and they're juniors right now. So they've been in it, walking with the same mentor for three years now. And just kind of seeing their growth and those those girls in that particular group, I see them regulars in the chapel, you know, and things like that. And just seeing the long-term impact. And I think more and more, especially this year, we've had more sophomore groups start up than ever. And I'm just excited to see, you know, long-term with them having the opportunity to be in the ministry for three years, um, receiving that, you know, intentional investment versus some of our other groups that start senior year and may only have seven months. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Have you had some who've already gone off to college, university, or other work uh, 
uh, careers who kind of given you feedback mm-hmm. of what this did, kind of mm-hmm. how did it uh, mold their souls in a way? Yeah, so we have two classes right now in college, so freshmen and sophomores in college right now. And I think immediately um, there's this desire to find community when they go off to college where they can live out their faith, where they can practice their faith. Um, and I, many of them, you know, are continuing to go to Mass, keeping up their prayer lives. And I think the, the coolest thing, though, is they are trying to find some sort of active community where, where they're not alone, which is so important on a college campus. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because yeah, that experience of community, and I think for so many of our young people, that kind of core loneliness—they may be very busy, they may be very plugged in on social media—but that that sense that that the belonging, I think that's where the faith really uh, gets planted and flourishes in that beautiful mm-hmm. way as well. Uh, just uh, last week, we had Maureen Kenny of the our annual diocesan appeal. She did talk about you know the formation and people who are in roles working with our young people, young adults. And so uh, mentors are get doing all the proper vetting and everything that goes with mm-hmm. that, I presume, you know, in, the, mm-hmm. in the day and age we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We put them through virtues, background checks. We do our own new mentor training, and we also have them um, read a book on discipleship and how to meet people where they're at. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're not spiritual directors, and they're not right. you know, trying to, to form a cult of personality in that way. But, uh, right. Yeah more like an older brother, older sister figure that is like one with them in the group, one who accompanies, not teaches, one who facilitates, mm-hmm. isn't a spiritual director. I think Pope Francis yeah. would be very uh, uh, thrilled about this, right, as he speaks a, a synodal church, a church that accompanies, and I think this right. is the grassroots level where you're mm-hmm. bringing this to bear in lives of many beautiful people mm-hmm. as, as yeah. well, um, that uh, we want to be able to bring that forward um mm-hmm. so that invitation that goes and uh, you've got some other people checking this out we just have about 20 seconds left but other people are kind of reaching out to you mm-hmm. say hey you could uh, what, what what have you mm-hmm. got going here we we're interested in this yeah absolutely we have catholic central in detroit michigan they're going to be launching they're an all-boys school they're going to be launching new freedom starting in the fall and We've helped a couple of other schools just start similar small group ministries. Well, well, may God anoint your efforts, and thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you, Blessed International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmentinternational.org. That's blessmentinternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back and telling Usher Collins of the Diocese of Des Moines. Great hearing about Oot Feedum today. Yeah, Addie and Max, uh, you know, just kind of really the, the new generation of evangelists out there. And I think, you know, speaking to Gen Z and, uh, you know, and I think a lot of our parents and grandparents are concerned about, you know, where, where's faith mm-hmm. and uh, the nuns and things as well. So I think they're really kind of 
bringing the kindling of spirit there at Dowling Catholic High School that I think will ripple throughout, uh, who knows, the country, the Universal Church, a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, we are on Friday the 13th. You know, we're not uh, superstitious in any way, and certainly not in our family as today is my mom, Marilyn's, her 87th birthday. Oh, she doesn't probably birthday. telling, you know, her age to everyone else. You know, she had a very <laughs> traumatic thing uh, where she had to change her hairstylist of 50 years, Kathy Watts. And so, oh, so you know, it's, it's asking. <laughs> a lot now for her so that that's her made her lent a very real experience as well so we're grateful that some of us can be with them and then my uh, uncle Monsignor Ralph Symington who listens also up in Waterloo to Iowa Catholic Radio and uh, is his 83rd birthday so oh, and marvelous things well. Yeah. well 13th and 14th oh. you know oh, got but, it, got it. but my uh, my Still. uncle always kind of usurps my mom's you know he he celebrates the octave of his birthday <laughs> and my mom just kind of like one day <laughs> that, that might be there as well so and then I we know a lot of our our people are going on spring break next week, mm-hmm. so we pray that safety for them and their travels and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those who are college age, that they are wise, you know, and things and, uh, you know, that uh, <laughs> that the, the the swimsuits have been vetted appropriately and things that right. would go with that as well. Uh, I just wanted to let you all know that I will not be here next week because I'm taking the whole you know, Thursday and Friday off to watch uh, March Madness get oh, underway. Okay. So I'm joking. That's <laughs> kind of one of my fantasies just to kind of watch it from beginning to start. But mm-hmm. this year without the Cyclones doing very well, it's uh, – Kind of been a downer year in that regard, but the hope springs eternal for next year. Right. So, and, and beyond that, Kelly, what do you got for us culturally? Okay, well, um, you know, coronavirus obviously a serious issue, but uh, there is a Catholic perspective. <laughs> um, saint Roque is a powerful patron saint against the plagues. Um, during the 14th century, there was a plague in Italy, and he um, came upon one of the towns most affected. He devoted himself to the plague stricken, curing them with the sign of the cross. He visited some neighboring cities and then Rome, everywhere the terrible scourge disappeared before his miraculous power. So um, there's other intercessions that occurred. One was in Germany, so mm-hmm. people could pray to him or ask for his intercession. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I know it, uh, he's much more popular in Europe maybe than the United mm-hmm. States, but uh, we'll see maybe uh, what's going <laughs> on. Right. kind of kick that up. And mm-hmm. actually, I had a uh, confirmation before Lent started at St. Mm-hmm. John's in Adel. Two of the confirmandi chose the name Roque, St. Roque. Oh, so, very yeah, interesting. So, I'm yeah. sorry. It was, it was at uh, St. Joseph's in Erling. In, okay. In Erling. So that was... Uh, so it's, so yeah, it's, so they actually have a beautiful statue of St. Roque uh, there mm-hmm. among their many statues and mm-hmm. kind of that uh, splendid church out there in Erling. So you know, I was okay. kind of taking note of that in that way. So anything else? Yes. Uh, one other thing, actually. Um, yeah, so... Um, there's um, an interesting story. I know it's Lent. A lot of people are giving up chocolate, but there is a the popular chocolate treat, um, Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. Gold foil candy. So uh, multi-layered, single roasted hazelnut. Anyway, I won't get all the details, but uh, apparently... <laughs> what, are you hoping for someone to send you a box, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, gonna be, I have mouths are going to be watering for people who have given it up. <laughs> but, uh, Continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> so he introduced this tree in 1982. We were concerned that you weren't laughing enough this show. Okay. We're, people oh, are going to wonder if I'm you're feeling well or not. <laughs> so. I blame you partially. Okay, so he... <laughs> 40 seconds, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rocher part is actually um, after the Blessed Mother, who appeared to St. Bernadette and Lourdes, because Rocher is named after the 
rock grotto. Yeah. Well, you know French, but I do not. But anyway, so that is interesting. Apparently, he um, said so, that so we're to think of the Blessed Mother every time we eat one of those things. You know, <laughs> there you go. I'm not a huge chocolate person. My staff oh. loves me because anytime there's chocolate, you know, they know you, it's free. It's yeah, a feeding can. frenzy <laughs> at the pastoral center. <laughs> there you go. That's true. You can hear the stampede. Yeah, so it's up not it's not floor. virtuous on my part. That's just not my thing. Okay. All right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.